now proudly presented on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event. Patreon and free feed. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back here on the MLW Rewind. And at the beginning of the show, you heard it. It is now presented proudly, well, it has been for a while, on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event, Patreon, and free feed. And I never do this alone. I always do this with, I won't call him my better half, but he's a half, Uncle Bobby B. I'm a half of something. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? I'm drinking coffee. I just finished watching MLW. Life couldn't be any more sweeter than it already is. Wow, you have low standards, but all right. Just yeah. a coffee and some wrestling, that's it? But, oh, yeah. And I, I I got a great family. I got a beautiful wife. I got beautiful kids. I got a whole room full of toys. I mean, there's really nothing else that you need in life. Uh, you got a mortgage? I got a mortgage, and it's paid every two weeks. Yeah, well, it would be nice if you didn't have to pay it. Right, but at least at least uh, in this economy, I'm able to pay it, stay float, and I still got a little bit of change in my pocket. It's not a whole lot, but it's enough. You carry change? Who carries change? You know what I meant, metaphorically, for fuck's sakes. Like, let's not, let's not, let's, come on, let's not go off the rails already. We're like two minutes in. Hey, I gave I gave a uh, a homeless guy two cigarettes the other day, and I said, they're Belmonts, enjoy them. And he looked at me, he goes, these are bellies? Damn, I feel like I should be giving you two bucks. And <laughs> that just popped me, so that's... That's my unrelated story of the week. Fantastic. So let's dive into rewind. That's absolutely well. We're gonna rewind MLW. That's what we do. Yeah, we're, we're diving right. into our rewind. Okay. Anyways, all right, guys. First match on the card tonight. It's a tornado tag. It's the calling versus the second gear crew. That's right. That's Talon and Cannonball versus Manders and Matt Justice. And I gotta say, this was a great match. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. It was entertaining as always. Any match you get with SGC. Also, Mance on commentary was electric. Uh, and Stryker and Mance, great. Mance and Dombrowski, great. Everybody was just great on this three-man commentary team that we had on this on the start of this week's episode. And uh, you know what? I got to say, it was a great match all around. There was a lot of hard-hitting, a lot of chairs, uh, as in a tornado tag. There are no literal tags. Every member of every team is in the ring, and you just fucking go. And uh, I got to say, SGC did a really great job of uh, splitting up the calling, getting Cannonball away to get some open-ended shots on him, and getting Talon to be the only man left in the ring where they could give a little bit of double-team action to with a clothesline from Hell for Manders, the eventual frog pass from Justice, which is his calling, literally, for the one, the two, the three. And SGC builds huge momentum going into Slaughterhouse because... It literally is SGC versus Slaughterhouse in a couple matches from Slaughterhouse that we're going to see later on. But I got to say, I enjoyed this one thoroughly. Rob, what do you got? Oh, like, I don't have a whole lot more to what you got because you pretty much nailed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, big momentum for the calling heading into Slaughterhouse. Uh, great to see the guys, the new guys in the, in the calling getting involved, although interesting what, what may happen. But we'll get to that a, a little bit later. Uh, yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. It was it was you know working the style that all these guys like to work. So you could tell they were enjoying themselves as well. And man, like Justice, just that that splash. He's he's just so fluid in the air, like just so graceful when he falls. And you know it's great. I love watching him do it. Uh, all these guys were fantastic. It was a great match to to start the show. And 
and give yeah like SGC's not really had that ton of momentum so th this is big for them and man man's on commentary he's a big old rotund monster in there like just killed me killed me if man's like he doesn't really have a uh you know tagline if he ever needs one it should be crazy eyes man's warner because he does you, you notice when they put him up on the, the the screen when he has like a photo for like a match like this whatever he's always got the crazy eyes happening that should be his trademark crazy eyes i'm pretty sure that is because that's usually his photo for every uh pre-match like graphic and that also is his photo on a lot of his t-shirts just some are with or without blood depending on the merch that you may own but mance warner uh like he said he's got to protect the money maker because that's how he sells his merch baby <laughs> so. yeah and uh you know i hope that joe and striker do both get tested because mance did slap some big sloppy wet kisses so just to be safe You'll want to get that. I know Stryker's definitely going to get that checked out for sure. 100%. Well, how about Lugdug? He's got a guitar in hand and he's practicing a ballad, a love ballad for Becca. Sam Turner comes over and says she loves it. She absolutely loves it. She loves the tone of his voice. And Doug says, well, he just hopes that Becca will hear it. And then from around the corner comes Jacob Fatu, who pretty much literally pats Doug on the back and says, love Doug, voice of an angel. And coming from Jacob Fatu, that is high praise. That is high praise because Jacob Fatu doesn't really give praise to anyone, but to literally say Love Doug has the voice of an angel, that hits different. It does. It hits completely different. Doug's face after that was just gold. Like he was just like unsure if he was mortified or, you know, he was just, he just had his wide eyes and he didn't vary his gaze at all. It was, it was a great facial sell from an, a, a non-wrestling move. Uh, but unfortunately, oh, Doug, bro, you got to maybe if you do get to hang with Becca, some singing lessons might be appropriate. Uh, Jacob's probably had a few concussions and he can't hear as well. So, yeah, you're not you're not going to do yourself to Becca with that one, my friend. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. you know what? You're right. Love Doug could get uh, like a great Christmas gift because uh, it's right around the corner is singing lessons for both of them. It's like a two for one because they both desperately need singing lessons. Anyways, we get a recap. Of Yeah, I said it. I don't care. We got a recap of last week's big reveal that Tony Deppin was the man behind the mask and the hood. And uh, and he was in cahoots with TJ Crawford the entire time. And after that awesome three-way match that we had last week, we got that vicious assault on the literally in-ring debut of Kevin Blackwood. And he is out now on the shelf for two months. They cut a promo. Tony says... He came to MLW for the money. He doesn't care about the fans. He doesn't care about the product. But he did see someone in the roster that reminds him of a young Tony Deppin. And that is TJ Crawford. Crawford says he's happy that Tony came to him. Because he just came back from a year off with a knee injury. And Tony says, well, I just came back from four months from a wrist injury. And they both felt so elated that they were able to put someone on that same shelf they just came off of. They're a bunch of dirty bastards. And they're going to take over MLW at all costs. Now, I got to chime in here just for two seconds. I'm a big faction guy. I love factions. I do. I love factions when they're done in the right way. But I almost feel like MLW right now, the product, and this is my only problem with the product currently, is that there are just too many factions. You got Bumaye. You got The Calling. You got the World Titan Federation. You really have a lot for a small roster, for a very intimate roster, You've got a lot of, well, Rob, say what you want to say. I'm entitled to my opinion, but you've got a lot of members involved 
in those three factions. So now we're building up another tandem, which could ultimately turn into another faction. Oh, and let's not forget SGC. So that's actually four factions. Four factions with the potential of a fifth one coming into play now. I just feel like that's oversaturation of factions. AEW did it. I wasn't a big fan of it when they started really, everybody had a faction. Everyone, you shit on the toy at the same time as someone, you get a faction. I love MLW and I love what they've done with these factions, keeping them small and intimate. Let's not overblow the roster with factions. That's just my two cents. And I think I'm entitled to, and I think there may be some fans out there in, in the MLW verse that might agree with me. Anyways, your yeah, take. Maybe I like, <clears throat> excuse me. I like factions. Um, they give more opportunities to have matches and do matches in different ways than just a standard one-on-one -on -one clean finish. Uh, they give more stakes to things because you have that faction rivalry. So matches have a little more, you know, feeling to them. Uh, sure. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Um, I don't know. I feel like there, there's an appropriate amount of factions right now. And I think with the cracks showing in the calling, which we'll, we'll get to a little bit after uh, that, that faction may itself be on the outs. So it could be shrinking down. We're, we're going to see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I also just have a different opinion. And that's fine. And unlike you, though, I didn't make a face and start counting off factions. I didn't do any of that. I, I listened to your opinion with open ears. So I'm just saying there's... there's I, did I interrupt you during your, during your opinion? I didn't interrupt you during yours. Well, then neither of us interrupted each other. So what's... what's... All right. Anyways, moving on. Selena Delorenta has a big announcement for later on that we're going to get to. But she's got a big announcement. So uh, keep your ears tuned to that as we get later in the episode. But now, St. Laurent gets a chance to respond. And if he doesn't respond to the expose from last week, his lawyers will be laying down a lawsuit. But of course, in his response, he mentions that his lawyers are working on a lawsuit. So either way, somebody's getting sued. His response to the uh, expose from last week, he called it slander. He called it a hit job. He called it sad commentary. This was my favorite part. On the long-winded affairs of MLW. His lawyers are on it, and there will be a lawsuit. He is a legitimate businessman. If he finds you in a bar wrestling for $50, and he signs you and you get paid thousands of dollars, let the man wet his beak. Let him wet his beak. The World Title Federation is literally set to take over wrestling. And if he hands you a contract, all would-be wrestlers beware, you better sign it. And he also says he's adding Sam Laterna to the lawsuit because of her inappropriate questions, which she was literally just doing her job. And as she signed off, more questions were raised than answers were given. Flat out MSL just doing a circle, literally spinning his wheels, giving us an open-ended response, which leaves us with even more questions. So will there be an expose part two? Fuck, what does Court Bauer have to lose at this point? Fuck yeah, there probably will be down the line. I'm not sure when, but there might be. Rob, what do you got on MSL? Honestly, just as a departure from the norm, I would actually like to see them take five minutes, one show, and do an actual courtroom segment, hmm. like, just of this lawsuit. Like, get Sam in there, get Court in there, you know, and get some of the wrestlers in there, call them up to the witness. I, I think it would be funny. Personally, I think they could. It's like not the, a wrestling like court, like like bring. Yeah, it's not like wrestling, justice. but it would be with the wrestlers oh. and the. It it would be amusing. You know what oh, I mean? It would be hilarious as a segment. I mean, Actually, like like I ring, know, have a ring in the courtroom where the the final verdict will be settled. 
by two wrestlers in the ring. And I mean, if they were going to do it, they'd probably actually have it done in the ring at a show. They'd bring in like a judge or something. That's not a shoot judge, but a judge. Like a, no, like bring in like Judge Mathis or something. Bring in like a legit judge. Bring back EJ and Duca for a... <laughs> to be the judge. Why not, man? Absolutely. Why not? For sure. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, this was hilarious. Uh, St. Laurent's comedy when he wants to be, he's great. Uh, and of course you can't go wrong with a burgundy velour tracksuit. No, you can't. And, uh, listen, St. Laurent, I just, I love the fact of how he goes. I, I feel like it's off the cuff, but I also feel like some of it's rehearsed, but to literally come up with a sad commentary of the long winded affairs of MLW uh, was a fucking genius. So for me, this segment is definitely the MVP segment of today's show. And, and I mean, the, the, the Godfather reference uh, wet my beak also a couple points there. So yeah, absolutely. Listen, what he was saying, but also saying, let me wet my beak while wearing a velour tracksuit had shades of the Sopranos all day, 150%. So whether he's a legitimate businessman working in uh, sanitation or he's doing other shit. Waste the fact management. Is, yeah, waste management. Absolutely. So uh, St. Laurent, uh, great on the response. And uh, I don't know how the uh, how the lawsuit's going to go, but uh, I know Corp Bauer, he's no stranger to lawsuits. So his legal team was probably prepped and ready as well, if, if it comes to that, if it does come to that. So a moment in time, six years ago today, MLW returned from a 10-year hiatus with one shot. It was their pay-per-view, which featured some of the best wrestlers, of that day, of that minute, of that time period in pro wrestling, showing us the future. It featured stars like MJF, who was coming up, Darby Allen, who was coming up, Shane Strickland, who was coming up, Ricochet, who literally got signed to WWE months after this show. It showed us everyone of pro wrestling that we should be paying attention to. And that's what MLW continues to do now. And the match that they gave us was the main event from that show, which was Ricochet versus Strickland in its entirety. And you want to talk about a pro wrestling match that literally exceeds all expectations. This is that match. I remember watching one shot and this was the reason that I got back into MLW full time. And I've been faithful for the last six years. Uh, not okay. Not maybe faithful, faithful, but definitely kept up on the product. And recently for the last three years, anyway, since starting rewind, definitely been faithful week to week on the product, but this match was fantastic. And Strickland did win via tap out. And this would ultimately lead to Strickland's run as the first MLW champion of this second run. So not the first ever MLW cha champion. The new era. The new era MLW champion for this current uh, second run of the product. And uh, it's fantastic. And since then, we've seen the likes of Tom Lawler, uh, Jacob Fatu, Alex Hammerstone, Alex Kane as a representation of oh, Loki as well. As a representation of everything that is the MLW champions. Those are the champions for the past few years. And uh, this match was great to see in its entirety. Uh, if you are going to watch this episode, then you get a treat because you get to see this full match about 23 minutes long, bell to bell. So uh, great match nonetheless. But regardless, if you don't, if you have Fight Plus, and I did check this out, One Shot is on there. So uh, oh, definitely get, you definitely get a chance to go back and watch the entire event, which was a classic. But uh, it was great for them to throw this match in there. And I get why they did. They probably didn't have a whole lot for this match. So for Corp Power to give up that little bit of a treat for all MLW fans was nice. It was a nice throwback. And it's uh, great that they can go through their history books and pull out matches like that. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I, the, the video package that they did before that, um, it it was weird because I was like, 
watching it and I almost got like emotional and I didn't even watch one shot when it originally aired. I started, I started watching MLW when we started doing rewind or when you brought me in at least. Uh, and it, it made me emotional. Like I almost started to tear up and I'm like, I didn't even have that much. I didn't have an emotional attachment back then to, to a product. And I was like, that was a really well done video package, like really to, kind of highlight what MLW's done since they've been back and what they've been all about. And, you know, they they actually should toot their own horn. I mean, look at some of the stars that have passed through MLW and have made their name through MLW. Uh, It's incredible. So, you know, that is something to be proud of, 100%. Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Before we get to the uh, Kane and Thomas promo, I want to talk about and jump ahead a little bit. I want to talk about Selena's big announcement. She's in Mexico City, and her big announcement is, is that she's the one who brokered the deal between CMLL and MLW. She says, you're welcome, Court Bauer. But she says, this comes with a price. See you at Slaughterhouse. And we know that she will be debuting her new luchador at Slaughterhouse. So as to where that may fit in right now into the Slaughterhouse uh, match card is unsure. But we will be seeing Salida De La Renta at Slaughterhouse with her newly debuted star. So keep your eyes on that one. And um, let's now flip back to the Kane and Thomas promo that happened just before Selena's big announcement. Uh, they're back, excuse me, they're backstage with Sam Laterna talking about the mystery opponent they're going to face in mere minutes. And Alex Kane says, that opponent sounds like a hoe. And now I'm going to send them to Ho Island. And what is Hoe Island, you ask? Mr. Thomas then chimes in with a fantastic telemarketer voice and says, Sam, let me bring you up to speed. See, at the Bumaye Resort, we offer two top-tier packages. The first one is for the big dogs, the champions. They go to Suplex Island. The second package, however, well, that's a little bit more turbulent. The flight's a little longer, and you end up at Hoe Island. And Alex Kane says it doesn't matter because they're going to get all this work. And that's on... Boom, I, I I fucking love this. This was the first time we actually see a Mr. Thomas out of his elements. We've seen Mr. Thomas throw in a little quips here and there, but to actually have half the segment with Kane in terms of talking, uh, it was great to see. And Thomas got flow, man. Uh, that The way he turned it, the way he just pulled Sam's arm over with the mic, with his two fingers, I thought it was great. I thought everyone did very well into this, this promo, and I really fucking enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, kudos, kudos to Mr. Thomas on that one because the uh, the two top tier packages, let's Bumaye Resort, that was fucking fantastic. Uh, go ahead, Rob. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it, it was great. I love seeing Mr. Thomas doing it because we've seen him be big, angry, yelling man, but he was just so calm and chill. And and uh, like you said, he had the flow, it was typical from what we expect from these guys. Absolutely. All right. Now we get to the Slaughterhouse Control Center. More changes, more matches announced. So because of the deal with CMML, we are going to get a, a title versus title match. That's right. The middleweight championship will be online against the welterweight championship. That's Rocky Romero versus Akira at Slaughterhouse title for title. Selena will most likely be in Rocky's corner since she brokered said deal. And Akira, he's ready to go. We'll get to his promo in a few seconds. Other matches on the card, as we know, yes. Kane versus DBS, that's happening. That's one of two main events. The other main event is Jacob Fatu. Sorry, where is it? Jacob Fatu versus Mizoro Suzuki. We already know that one. A couple other matches that we got. We got 
the uh, well, this is Mance Warner's specialty, right? He's bringing back the Chambers of Horror match. That's right. You got Matt Cardona and a mystery partner versus Mance and Justice versus Talon and Cannonball, which you've already seen what Talon and Cannonball could do earlier tonight. So keep your eyes on that one. Also, in shocking news, Becca has been banned from her match at Slaughterhouse. Nothing to do with MLW. This is a band on her record label. Apparently, the pop star has pushed back her album numerous times. The record label is fed up. She is not allowed to wrestle until the record is completed and released. So what does that mean? That means Delmi Exo will be defending her featherweight championship. It will be again against a phantom challenger, someone in a mask and a cloak that won't be revealed until Slaughterhouse, most likely. I could be wrong. There still is one episode left until Slaughterhouse next Thursday. But I honestly believe we won't see her opponent until Slaughterhouse, which could be interesting because it could be a swerve. It could absolutely be a swerve, and this could be Becca the entire time. They could just be fucking with us. Delmi could not, Delmi, it puts her on the edge right now because she can't prepare for an opponent. From what she was preparing for Becca, she can't really prepare for anything else. So honestly and truly, I don't know who the Phantom Challenger is, but it's going to be exciting nonetheless. And then, of course, we already know about this one. Spin the wheel, make the deal match. That's right. Ricky Shane Page, sorry, puts the open weight title on the line against the one called Manders. And that is your entire match card for Slaughterhouse so far. And like we've said for the last couple of weeks, this card has been building to the best one they've had since they've done these monthly pay-per-views. And I am so excited for Slaughterhouse. And we will we will be releasing our review of the show on the 15th of October. Because unfortunately, Rob and I both have engagements on the 14th. So we won't be able to watch it live. But we will be releasing it as early as we possibly can on the 15th. So uh, I'm up early anyways. Uh, just depends on what time he rolls out of bed. But regardless, it'll be a great review show as we always do. Now, before we get into the calling promo, then into the main event. Rob, what do you think about some of these changes to the card and the fact that... Uh, Akira and Rocky is now official. And also now we don't know who Delmi's opponent is. She was preparing for Becca. Now she's not. <clears throat> and again, it's it's not M it's not MLW's fault. This is Becca's record label. You've said it numerous times. She's an international pop star. You can't delay an album for pro wrestling. So this Becca really fucked Becca fucked Becca here. Ludicrous, egregious, preposterous. No. You Becca can't no, you can't limit an athlete like Becca. Just because, and, and first of all, albums take time. Like Becca's a perfectionist. To put out an album of top quality, it's not something you can do in sometimes a few months. It might take a year or more. So uh, this is just ridiculous behavior from her record label. I'm supremely upset. If I was court, I would have my lawyers on the case immediately. But I'm not, so I can't do anything about it. It'll be interesting to see who fills in. Uh, if it's been somebody we've seen before or somebody new, who knows? Uh, I'm also interested to see uh, who that mystery opponent is going to be in the uh, Chamber of Horrors match. Or I had a couple theories, actually. One just popped into my head most recently. Now, Selena De Laurenta says she's going to be debuting a luchador. Well, a luchador can be female or male. Depends. She just said a luchador, so maybe the phantom competitor will be her new debuting luchador. Could be a Lady Flammer. Could be anybody from Mexico that's top tier over there. And some of the women over there are absolutely fantastic. And I was thinking about this. Wouldn't it be a swerve to everyone if Matt Cardona's partner was Microman? 
Think about it. Just think about it. What if it's been a giant fucking swerve the entire time and Microman has been in cahoots with MSL the entire time to build this World Titan Federation? I mean, it's probably unlikely, but I think it might be pretty fucking cool if Microman comes out with Cardona, but not the Microman that we're used to seeing. We're talking about a Microman that's all business. So like black luchador mask, like black and red, something like that. Not all happy-go-lucky, like just business. Business microman to be heel? I'm just saying it's it's not unlikely. It could be possible. Microman has done heel runs before in his character. He has. I looked it up before I even brought it up. I looked it up. I know, but he's so lovable. How can you? Well, he's done, but he's done heel work. Maybe he's de- done everything that St. Laurent said. Maybe he's turned his back on his family and he's all about the money. We don't know. But all I'm saying is it could be one hell of a swerve if Micro... Because think about it. Manners and Justice won't know what to do if their friend walks through that curtain. They won't I mean, know what to do. It's going to throw them off their game. And then all of a sudden, with SGC kind of out of things, it gives the World Titan Federation the advantage over the calling. Cardona can deal with Talon. And probably deal with Cannonball, but Microman has a lot of things Cannonball doesn't. He's got speed. Microman can slip around the ring before Cannonball can even catch him. All I'm saying is it's possible. doesn't make it likely, but it would be pretty cool if that's the way everything turned out to be. Okay, that's fair. I mean, it could be like there's a lot of <clears throat> there's there's a lot of wrestlers over in, in CMLL that we've not seen yet. So it, it, it could be anybody, but that's a fair hypothesis. I'll give it to you. Well, thanks. I won't, I won't. I won't defecate on it. Give a fuck if you defecate on it or anything. All right, calling promo. Akira talking about Selena and how she just wants money, but it's okay because he's going to put his baby, being the middleweight title, on the line against Rocky's baby, which is the CMML CMLL middleweight title. And uh, you know, it doesn't matter because Rocky's going to need that eye patch when this match is over. Trust. <laughs> in akira and at that point that look from ricky i did yes at that point ricky looks over at akira with a little bit of disdain in his eyes like what the hell are you doing much like akira was doing when ricky was cutting his promos it seems like more seeds of doubt are being planted and there's a lot of ego between these two guys and since raven has stopped appearing in said vignettes there's nobody to check ricky and there's nobody to check akira so my whole theory is is that, yes, we already know this is going to implode, but how quickly is it going to implode? I don't think it'll implode on the singles runs. I think it'll implode when they lose the tag titles to whoever is next in line for those tag titles. But I will say this. Wouldn't it be cool if we got a kind of an NWO vibe out of this? Because the calling already is very NWO-ish. But what if we had the calling within the calling? They break apart. Ricky runs old school calling. Akira all of a sudden brings new school calling. Calling Wolfpack? Yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not possible. I mean, it's not impossible. It could be something along the lines of that because they both want control of the calling. So if Raven's away, then these two guys are fighting for power, fighting for control. That was like the same, it's the same storyline of Hogan and Nash fighting for power and control. You break his own faction called The Answering. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be called. I'm just saying it's possible. Listen, I'm throwing out a lot of good ideas tonight. And I'm pretty proud of myself for thinking outside the box on some of these things. But all I'm saying is, is that it's not a horrible idea. And it's something that, because yes, that's why I was concerned about the faction stuff earlier. See, it all comes full circle now. 
we break apart the calling. We don't know if the calling is going to just end and it's over or if they break apart and split off into different sub factions. So all I'm saying is, is that it's, it could, that could be a potential way for this storyline to continue to move forward. That's all I'm saying. What if we had the calling versus the calling or the calling versus calling 2.0? I don't know what the names are going to be. What if we had those guys at War Chamber? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, 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 I'm just you saying. Said, you said there was too many factions. Now you're proposing sub factions. Yes, I'm saying there was too many factions for the simple fact that I always had the idea of the sub faction. I'm not saying that Deppin and Crawford are going to be a faction. Maybe they're looking to go in in the tag team division, which would be great because we need more teams in that division. Even though it's still stacked, it's still kind of lacking because now we've lost the SST which was also another faction at one point or another. We lost the SST considering that Juicy and Lance haven't been on TV in a couple weeks. So there's a there's potential for those two to slide right into the tag team division. But if they're saying they want control of all of MLW, it means they're going to be planning to go one title or another. It can't just be the two of them. There's too many titles. That's all I'm saying. It's just all an right. idea. I was spitballing. That's all what right. we do here. We we have banter and we talk. Okay. What are you, all, what are you getting all defensive? I'm not getting defensive. You were the one who's hitting me with all the shit that I was saying earlier, but I clearly said it came full circle. That's yeah, all I was talking about that too. I was saying, you know, you're talking about there's too many factions. I think the calling might be either on the outs. I don't think it's going to be a sub-faction situation. I think just one, either Ricky or Akira are just going to... And if I think it's... And if that's the case, maybe we have a match where it's those two fighting for control of the calling. And Raven picks his legitimate successor. That could be another way the storyline could go too. There's multiple angles, but this is just one angle that I was thinking about. Okay, that's your angle. Fuck you again. That's your angle. All right, what, what? main event time. MSL's mystery competitor is being announced, and it is Snitsky. It's not his fault. Yeah, no. He comes out with the stretcher. He's getting a little moxie, getting a little, you know, a little bit of an ego. Alex Kane comes out with the Boom IA Fight Club, and right away, uh, Kane, a couple suplexes, a couple nice Germans, was able to get that low base and lift Snitsky up square at the hips to hit a couple of those Germans. Snitsky got control for a little bit. You know, he's got to get his work in, his punches in. But ultimately, Alex Kane hits him with the fade to black, and it's over. This was non-title action, so it didn't really make a difference. But it's huge for Kane in the mind games and momentum of leading into Slaughterhouse. Because now the World Titan Federation can't hold a loss over his head. He's got clear W's leading all the way up to DBS. So is Kane going to lose to DBS at Slaughterhouse? No, this is a prediction I'll give you my right now. Kane is not. Kane will continue to be the MLW heavyweight champion. Plain and simple. Yeah, no question. No question. Um, 100%. I do want to circle back to something, though. I just I found it funny when Tony Deppin and uh, TJ Crawford, and shout out to TJ Crawford because he's just looked fucking fantastic the last few times we've seen him. Uh, when, when they were, oh, I just came back from injury. Oh, I just came back from injury, too. It reminded me a little bit of back in the day when Snitsky first encountered Heidenreich, and it was like, I like your poems. I was like, I like what you do to babies. It was just, just it kind of reminded me, yeah, because Snitsky, if you don't remember, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I just, yeah, what's that's how it's not my fault came to be. It wasn't my fault, but yeah, I just found that funny. It kind of reminded me a little bit, and it's just interesting because Snitsky is there, so yeah, hmm. could be, could absolutely be. It's an interesting observation, that's all. It was a raw I, observation. I 100% like the observation. I'm not going to shit on it. I'm not going to debate it. I'm going to sit there and say, okay, cool. 
Thank that's you for what, not defecating on my observation. That's, but that's what most normal people do. They don't shit on other people's ideas. They sit well, there and they listen. I am far from normal. Nature abhors normality. So, Yeah, you were dropped on your head a couple times as a kid. That's that's what happened. No, Anyways, guys, that's it head. for this one. Well, yeah, that's maybe. the difference. Well, whatever. Hey, so was I. We all got childhood traumas, buddy. We all got them. I collect toys, traumas, and t-shirts, homie. There you go. All right, guys, that's it for this one. Good ideas aside from myself. Horrible puns aside from this fucking moron. That's it for this one. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you on the next Rewind. Peace.